I'm Emily Minnie. The acting Prime Minister is continuing to call for calm and de-escalation in the Taiwan Strait after Taipei carried out a live-fire drill in response to Chinese military drills. Beijing undertook several days of air and sea drills over the weekend in response to a visit to Taiwan by US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Richard Miles told the ABC the situation is very concerning. We do want to see a de-escalation de uh, and, and that means um, a, a more ret a return to a greater sense of peace uh, in, in the region uh, and a greater sense of normality and, and that's what we're advocating for but it, you know, it's, what the, it's what the world is advocating for. The federal opposition says it will decline an invitation to the government's upcoming Jobs and Skills Summit, dismissing it as a talk fest for the unions. The two-day summit next month aims to address Australia's economic challenges and will bring together representatives from the business, union and community sectors. Skill shortages and industrial relations reforms are also on the agenda, but opposition leader Peter Dutton told Nine Radio it's purely a stunt. It's a, a talk fest for the union movement and as you're seeing at the moment, I mean all of this additional talk about strikes and union activity around the country, that's what happens when Labor gets back into power. I'm not going to a summit uh, with those people. I, I want to see this government address the very real issue of cost of living pressures. The state opposition is calling on New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet to release an independent report on the recent flood disaster, which was handed to him 10 days ago. Yesterday, a parliamentary inquiry into the February-March flooding disaster found the disaster agency Resilience New South Wales should be axed and the state emergency service be overhauled. There's speculation the independent report echoes those recommendations. Lismore MP Janelle Saffin told the ABC her community, which was devastated by the floods, are demanding answers. It's a community that suffered trauma. It was a humanitarian flood disaster, an inland tsunami, and it is not fair to ask them to wait any longer. The Stroke Foundation is calling for increased stroke awareness in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities to bridge the divide in health outcomes between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians. Data shows Indigenous Australians are two to three times more likely than non-Indigenous people to suffer a stroke. Dr Jason King from the Gurini Yalamaka Health Services in Yarrabah says it's a timely reminder that stroke is a huge problem for First Nations peoples across the country. He says quitting smoking, watching blood pressure and reducing cholesterol levels are all things people can do to reduce the risk of stroke. Those are the three main modifiable risk factors that we have in our lives and, and these aren't easy or sometimes even simple solutions. We know that particularly in remote areas of Australia, access to healthy food choices is incredibly challenging if not impossible in some places but um, even within those restrictions there are ways to help supplement your diet. To sport basketball legend Lauren Jackson will suit up for her fifth World Cup after a 12-year absence making her return to the national team. The 41-year-old has been included in a 12-strong Opals team for the FIBA Women's Basketball World Cup, which gets underway in Sydney on September 22nd. Retiring from international basketball nine years ago, Jackson's last World Cup appearance was in 2010. National Radio News, produced by Charles Sturt University, the Community Radio Network, and supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation.
Hey, welcome to studio listening live 90.5. My name is Mario Beckes and you're listening to Sydney Ferret Radio Talk Show Live to Butterfield. Before we go to our guests in studio who are very impatient to share their life stories and truly I believe you're going to be impressed and motivated with their achievements and how they achieve. But first the weather. Now, I should have this the music in I mean do 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 Twin Peaks. Today current temperature is 17 degrees maximum. But Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Monday and Tuesday highest temperature degree is going to be 90 degrees. However, chance of rain all across those days 70%. So prepare yourself to, you know I mean, the have the boots, you know, try to learn to swim, enjoy the weather. It's going to be some sun on Monday and Tuesday. Now, before we as I say start digging into our guests, I'd like to say thank you to all of you who supporting this great radio station and thank you everybody who's supporting this great radio talk show and podcast Life the Battlefield. Now, I my two guests in studio that speak very very good English. When I say the English, I mean real English. First, music. Oh my god, Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guys girlfriends but you know who understands those rap guys they only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute okay i mean her butt it's just so big i can't believe it's just so round it's like out there i mean gross look she's just so loud i like big butts and i cannot lie you other brothers can't deny in your face you get sprung wanna pull up tough cause you notice that butt was stuck deep in the jeans she's wearing I'm hooked and I can't stop staring oh baby I wanna get whipped out and take your picture my whole voice tried to warn me but that butt you got makes me so horny ooh rump smooth skin you say you wanna get in my bins well use me use me cause you ain't that average groupie I seen her dancing to hell with romance and she's sweat wet Got it going like a turbo vet. I'm tired of magazines. Send flat butts all the thing. Take the average black man and ask him that. She got a pack much back. So, fellas. Yeah. Fellas. Yeah. your girlfriend got your butt? Hell Tell yeah. Her, shake it. Shake it. Shake it. Shake it. Shake that healthy butt. Baby got ballet. Now here's my scandal. I wanna get you home and uh, double up. Uh, uh. I ain't talking about Playboy, cause silicone parts are made for toys. I want them real thick and juicy. So find that juicy double. Mix a lot's in trouble. Begging for a piece of that bubble. So I'm looking at rock videos. Not me bimbos walking like hoes. You can have them bimbos. I'll keep my women like Flojo. A word to the thick soul sisters. I wanna get whipped ya. I won't cuss or hit ya. But I gotta be straight when I say I wanna... Welcome back to the studio. My name is Mario Beckes. You're listening live to Butterfield. And my mission is to change one life at a time. Of course, with the help of my guests, their life experiences. And my job it is to actually equip you with the tools which going to make you very happy, wise, abundant, and you can face obstacles easier. That being said, I'd like to introduce you my first guest and my second guest equally, of course. And as I said, I need to 
inform you to speak very good English because they have their English English you know, I mean like from the England you know far far away and uh, they speak English better than my one so I welcoming welcome Steve to the studio Good day, good day, Mario. Delighted. Nice to be here. Thank you very much for having me. I have me. no idea what you just say now. Right, that's <laughs> <laughs> That was the English boarding by Steve Tolan, my second guest in studio, Tom Hitchcock. Hi there. Would you like me to translate what Steve said? I, th- I think he was trying to say hello. Um, you know, I'm not sure do you remember that movie. Uh, what's it called? Um, uh, hot, ba- hot Fuzz or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> but they have that cop, you know what I mean? Who's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like that's me today ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening thank you for tuning in live 90.5 the greatest radio station on planet earth and the greatest even more popular live to butterfield steve for our listeners first of all thank you for coming to studio today thank you funny time i know you're busy and uh you know your story uh, truly is going to impress other people and tom equally goes for you you were once upon a time our guest here in the studio, you know, mm-hmm. before we had all these, you know, zombies around. So, Steve, for our listeners, yeah, who is Steve Tolan? So, Steve Tolan, I'm originally thank you, from... Thank you, Steve, that will be... <laughs> <laughs> That's probably best best place to end it, actually, <laughs> yeah, with my life story. But, uh, yeah, mate, I'm uh, originally from the UK, from Liverpool, so in the northwest, so, you know, very working-class uh, city. Um, you know, grew up, um, four sisters, only, only, only son, so... Golden Balls, as my mum called me, so very English, Irish, uh, kind of Catholic family. Okay. And uh, my, uh, I um, went into a family business at the age of 17, so I wanted to be a fireman. That wasn't that wasn't the plan. My dad said, nah, we're, we're going into business, <laughs> and uh, you do what your dad kind of tells you back then. And uh, did that for 10 years before I got into recruitment. Um, and like most people in recruitment, uh, no one ever wanted to get into recruitment you just <laughs> fall into it you don't go to university or you don't go to a college course to do it and uh yeah well, i i um i went into recruitment in 05 actually had family lived in the southwest of england yeah. had no idea what i was doing going into a recruitment office the rest is history and four years later we ended up in australia and uh you know with my with my wife and it was a true story friday 13th of march 2009 we, we landed in uh, in brisbane you and, know that um, usually Friday thirteen, it's a it's a good luck charm yep. for for Italians. Okay, you know seriously they are. I yeah. believe in this. You know the black cats. Seriously, not 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 jokes okay. about. Yeah, yeah. Now the question for you it is: you said something very interesting. I wanted to be fireman. Why did you give up on your dreams? Oh, not mate. good money. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, exactly exactly. It was something I always wanted to do. And anyone in my family who. Uh, who knows me they always talk about this you always wanted to be a fireman and uh yeah mate it was um it was back then and you know you my dad was setting up a business he was actually in the seafood game import export and uh that's that's what i did i followed my dad so um i did actually have the opportunity to go into it back in 04 and i actually went through the trials in the west midlands and i'd actually just started recruitment and you probably laugh at this (laughs) but i was like Recruitment back then, I was I enjoyed it and, and I, I, I chose to stay in recruitment. And um, so, mate, I think, uh, you know, kind of looking back, even now I'm afraid of heights. I'm like, you know, you wouldn't get me a bloody ladder, so it's probably the right yeah. decision. And uh, I'd always been in been in sales and um, I kind of, I think recruitment, you know, what I've found out over the years is for anyone that wants to work hard, enjoys, you know, learning and developing and, and gets on with people, it's it's a really good industry to be in and it's it certainly served me very well. You know what that separates you from everybody else? Honest admission. You see, it's easy to be the big deal, you know what I mean? And they say to 
everybody, I'm a successful recruiter, like I'm this and that. But, you know, with a, with a smile on your face, you said, you know, I give up my dreams, you know, and, you know, I know what the truth it is, Steve. You want it to be in a calendar. I know, I mean, I know that the <laughs> calendar goes like, you know, the right, Tom? You know, the, the, the fireman's with a six-pack and everything else. Small fireman. <laughs> <laughs> the midget, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but the truth it is, you know, like, uh, you know, I really appreciate your, your honesty to say, why didn't you, uh, why didn't you, become the fireman so what was the reason you come in australia yeah mate um, weather <laughs> yeah and and then because there's too many brits here now i think we've brought the british weather but uh i'd um yeah so i'd met my uh you know my girlfriend and fiance yeah. and we've been together for four years and towards the end of 2008 i've got to be brutally honest like most british recruiters i i i, I felt like it it, it, it was it's really tough the UK it's, it's a very developed market over there I, I remember one of my final meetings that we drove it was funny it was actually Nottingham where I know you've been oh my god eh? and I went in <laughs> and I won't tell you the company but I drove from yeah. from a house in Bristol yeah. and the lady sat us down for procurement and there's all these other agencies and she said just so you know the margin that you're going to get that we're going to charge us is 50 pence and I was like and that was that was kind of the, the briefing and yeah. I, that was one of the last meetings I did and I, I just honestly wanted a better life and um so it was a true story going back to 08 um just before the the kind of the gfc yeah. um i was working for uh, one of the largest recruitment companies in the world manpower kind of in, you know really enjoyed the work and that's where i met my uh, you know my fiance ruth and um i wanted a better a better life so anyway i got an opportunity to to manage um a brisbane office for a company called bbt versus blake yeah. thomas and at the time i went through multiple interviews including the final stage in london in the uk so anyway <laughs> when i got the job offer i came over and i told ruth and i went we'd offered the job and she goes that's fantastic I, i'm pregnant uh, <laughs> and anyway i was like Wow. Okay. Um, interesting times. So this was probably October, November 08. And um, my Christmas came and went and I was desperate for this opportunity um, because I wanted a new life. I'd never been to Australia. Neither of us had. But I just knew that it w I'd make it work. I've always backed myself. You so know, I just love your brutal honesty. Yeah. You know, th th this is what it is. I'm going to ask Tom as well if this is the case. I was in Australia. I was working in Croatian Embassy in Canberra. And, you know, I was limited with the time five years and you know i was dating somebody and i told that person who becomes the later mother of my child you know on 31st of december 2002 you know 2003 i'm leaving and she said what do you mean i said i'm leaving somehow she comes to me a <laughs> few weeks before <laughs> i'm pregnant it's like what do you mean pregnant i can just i'll just leave you with the kids so i give up on my dream to continue to be the 007 Tom, does he have a story like this as well? Um, well, perhaps I am 007. Um, no, no, I mean like with the pregnancy <laughs> and everything else. Like. Yeah, well, listen, I don't think there's any good time for pregnancy. You know, people say, were you planned yeah. or were you not? Yeah. Um, I, I think it always comes as a curveball whenever it happens, in all honesty. But I do think the stars aligned for you, Steve. I think yeah. everything happened exactly but the same we, time. We can say whatever we want, but you agree with me before we take a break. We are grateful to have the all midgets in our lives, which which they're not midgets mm -hmm. anymore, right? My is twenty years old, it's not midget, you know what I mean? But you know, that's what it is. Absolutely. Tom, Steve, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Line 90.5 Live to Butterfield with Mario. Today I'm gonna be corrected with my English with two of my guests, so feel free, you know, go on our website alive uh, sorry, on um uh, you can send SMS in studio on a zero Zero four eight zero zero two eight one zero zero, or feel free to come on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Leave the questions and the marks for my guest Tom Hitchcock, Steve Tolan. We take a short break.
Alive 90.5. It's all I listen to. Alive 90.5. Playing cool music. SE Timbers Castle Hill are flooring experts. Not just flooring, SE Timbers supply, install and guarantee solid timber, engineered, laminate and vinyl flooring as well as carpet blinds and shutters. An authorised dealer of major brands like Borrell, Preference and Quickstep. Call 98946660 or visit setimbers.com.au to arrange a free quote today. Station sponsor, SE Timber Floors and Shutters, ingrained quality. What's on at Workers? Enjoy free live music every Saturday night at Workers Blacktown. Every Saturday night and Sunday afternoon at Workers Sports. And every Sunday afternoon at Workers Humitus. Plus enjoy a full range of dining facilities. Visit the website at www.workersclub.com.au for the full music schedule, plus plenty of other activities including raffles, bingo, promotions and fun events. Workers is your club. Station sponsor. What you do to me When you hold me In your arms so tight You let me know Everything's alright
90.5. Welcome back to the studio. Listening Live 90.5. And yes, we do have the London Calling from The Clash. It's a direct request from my guest, Tom Hitchcock. So we're going to play this next song because I don't know why this song is so special. But Tom is going to tell us more about himself this very moment. So Tom, again, thank you for coming to the studio today. I know extremely busy because it's coming something very great in your life, your initiative called 20 Days. We mentioned this a bit later. But fle- feel free to say who is Tom Hitchcock, apart, you know, I mean, Alfred Hitchcock is your best uncle in the world. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we touched on Alfred Hitchcock previously, so um, we, we, our, our worlds are intertwined, Steve and I, so we can probably share stories of recruitment, the ups and downs, and I think um, the terminology when someone accidentally finds recruitment is always champagne and razor blades, and I think everyone's given that warning when they join it. It's not something we go out to go to do but yes. it f- definitely finds us so it's quite nice to have Steve here for some company as well um, and recruitment is something that really defines what I do because essentially um, we're working with people whether it be uh, candidates for their jobs their dream job what they want next their biggest investment in their career is their mm. in their lifetime is their career should I say but also companies and obviously behind every company is an individual and we need to work with them educate them and help them with their pain spots as well um and uh, i think you know you said we mentioned briefly the 28 days later um topic which will probably come up in due course but what i'm finding i'm doing is from the recruitment side of it and just working with people constantly is we're starting to spin off and we're just trying to find other ways to improve people's lives and their well-being and 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 their purpose and what they're what they're taking from their day to day um and it seems to be very topical right now i think the aftermath of the, the lockdowns the lockdown component of covid yes. is people are re-evaluating everything people are taking stock of what's important for them how far they want to travel to work what they want to do um and what's it what's definitely important so the question for both of you like you know you can reply you know simultaneously or each other what's happening with recruitment right now in australia like you know i you on that field so like for the our listeners to understand uh, there's a lot of businesses like my one we're struggling to fire uh, fire sorry to hire the people <laughs> so we're struggling to hire the people right i know that working from home has become the habit and become the actually commodity for many people right they enjoy to work from home but what's happening why that there is no enough candidates on the market right now or maybe something changed maybe i'm wrong um yeah, I'll, I'll happily go. I mean, you see the unemployment yep. rate, it's three and a half percent. It's it's pretty low. Um, I over the last couple of years, obviously we came out of came out of COVID, so yep. there's still it's the first time when we're seeing the economy soften a little bit, but actual job flow has remained high. Yes, and there's just not enough people, quite frankly. Um, so even looking at some of the statistics recently, there's forty thousand less, um, you know, immigrants that yes. are kind of here, and that's going to continue for the next, certainly for this year. And then there'll be more immigration kind of coming through. So, quite simply, at the moment, there's more opportunity than there are, you know, to yeah. supply and demand um, kind of. Uh, uh, situation tom what do you think tom absolutely it is supply and demand um a lot of companies coming out of covid were bouncing back on budgets so they wanted to replenish their stock bring people in couple that with less human traffic so people not 
going to relocate to other places, yeah. even interstate in many yeah. cases, um, then you've got that supply-demand problem. And absolutely, like we're in recruitment, we've got years under our belt. We're quite cynical about some people's decision-making sometimes. Yeah. But we've got all these tools available to us, and we still struggle. Okay, so if companies are trying to do this alone without recruitment, they've really got an uphill struggle. We're struggling ourselves, um, but we cannot fabricate people. Yeah. They're not there, they're Once not there. Once upon a time, recruitment was like a very lucrative job, right? Very sophisticated job, you know, and very demanding uh, type of services, you know what I mean, which company requires. And, uh, you know, currently we've seen maybe declining that that respect, you know what I mean? As you say, like less uh, immigrants in Australia, <clears throat> Unemployment rate is very low, which I still don't understand how this is very low because I can see more shops are closed and, you know, less uh, food traffic and everything else. But, you know, there's so many elements for that one. What is now happening when you looking for the um, recruiter, as a recruiter, somebody sends you a resume? What do you see as the biggest challenge for yourself, Steve? Um, I mean, in the, in the line of business that, that we're in, so recruitment is still quite a lucrative market, yeah. I, I think. That what you're seeing is those that work in a particular uh, discipline so you might be a specialist yeah. in it or engineering and what have you if you get hold of a, a candidate that you know has got the right experience etc then you're very likely to place that candidate and mm. you know for a sizable recruitment yeah, yeah, fee yeah. so th- so we're still seeing recruiters are doing are doing quite well um it's it's difficult to actually there, there is a lack of, of recruiters in Australia. That's one of the, the skill oh, shortages okay. as well. Yeah, yeah, so we're yeah. seeing talent acquisition people as well as the skills that they're trying to play. So from, you know, software developers, um, engineers, etc. So it's it, it's kind of a, a vacuum at the moment. But recruiters are, are doing very well. Certainly those that we see that are working in a niche and they're kind of yeah. their own in that. You know, you've really got to manage um, and look after the candidates and you know but even as Tom will know and I'll have it um, to him in a second that even when you place or a candidate gets the offer along comes the counter offer right or they don't necessarily <laughs> start offer, yeah. so this is a yeah I think, you, that, I think that's, that's 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 a case you know like in all this you know a post-covid apocalyptic you know I mean zombie everybody look for the job everybody yeah. you know accept the job then it's like it's can't some counter offer comes somewhere then they don't appear where they accepted the, the job offer because somebody offered them more money. Now, the question for you, Tommy, is in past two years, working from home, recruitment was like, you know, I mean, let's go say, uh, less important. How did you diversify your business? How did you survive in this minefield called life? Okay, so the recruit, my recruitment business during COVID, which is called the Purple, pa- Purple Patch Purple Consulting, Patch, yeah. that's us. Um, we're still here, so we've got the We Survive COVID sticker, if you like. Um, <laughs> we, it, 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 it hit us. It was a struggle. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. It had repercussions in the, for my team and myself in my personal life as well. Um, but one of the things that we set ourselves up originally to, to be as is a generalist agency, so we do this on purpose so that we can also diversify from market to market. Yeah. And that's probably been our saving grace in all fairness because if we put all our eggs in one basket and that one went out, then we have nothing. Uh, but also, back in, with that, it also gave us an opportunity to start to work on the initiatives that we've had in the backburn that we want to do, but we're too busy servicing our candidates and clients. So we've uh, got many ducks lined up now, many launches happening, um, and they all complement, all sort of come back to the same 
centre of Purple Patch, all circled around people. But there's something I want to touch on, which you mentioned earlier there, Stephen, you, you bounced back to us, is, yeah. is what's what's happening with the candidates as well. The counter-offers is, is very prominent right now, yeah. and they've proven very powerful. Um, but what I'm finding is there's a shift, there's a cultural shift post-COVID. Okay? Can you uh, just explain on this? What do you mean? Well, it sounds this does sound very cynical, but I'm yeah. seeing a sense of entitlements out there. Okay. Oh no, it's not cynical. You can talk. This is a yeah. life the battlefield. A life is the battlefield. Two of you running the successful businesses. You see what the things are happening there. So feel free to share your insights. Well, but the, and this is the case, and this is very frustrating because obviously we do back candidates as well. But mm. with the sense of entitlement, I think people have realised with the supply demand that their value has gone up. Okay. And with this, what you'll see them do is they're almost like pop stars. I'll only sign if you <laughs> sort me out the blue M&Ms, you know, <laughs> uh, all, all these demands and things. Like and, they, it, and then they still don't sign. And it's like, yeah. uh, and it's, it's extremely frustrating. Our end, because we need to, we, we work on outcomes only and all that does is delay and prolong and cause problems later down the line. Um, for me, though, I think this sense of entitlement and this type, and obviously it's been a bit facetious with that example, um, it's very short-lived because the human traffic will return. The economy will settle back down and, and go back to how we yeah, know things. Yeah, it's forever. And, and, no. and those that sort of held the employers to ransom and with their demands, they'll be, you know, last in, first out, okay? Yeah. Um, if we hit a recession, absolutely that's going to be the case. So I think those that are in employment, they've had an employer that's backed them during difficult times, worked with them, um, let them work from home when it doesn't really suit the role yeah. and all these sorts of things, you you, you need to retur- uh, return the favour, if you like, and consolidate and future-proof yourself. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Steve. Take a short break. You're listening to Line 90.5, live to Butterfield. My guest in studio, Tom Hitchcock from Purple Patch Consulting and Steve Tolan Company. Recruitment entrepreneur. Recruitment entrepreneur. Even say this in one breath on English. <laughs> this train will be stopping at Pendle Hill, Toongabi, Seven Hills. Blacktown! You are my Blacktown, my only Blacktown. You make me happy when skies are grey. You never notice how much I love you. Please don't take my Blacktown away. Mount Druid, St Mary's, Warrington. Show your support and show up. Blacktown City FC. Your town, your team. Station sponsor. Does your smile embarrass you? If you have loose, damaged or missing teeth or loose-fitting dentures, better call Dr Jack. Dr Jack and the team at Infinity Dental Care can restore a rock-solid smile using an oral procedure called Digital Full Arch Solution. We remove broken teeth, replacing them with a healthy smile you'll be proud to show off. For a radiant smile designed to last your lifetime, schedule a consultation today at infinitydentalcare.com.au. Station sponsor. Alive 90.5. Mania is putting the time. 
for the rain and the crunch of things. The ice age is coming, the sun's zooming in. Meltdown expected, the wheat is going in. Engines stop running, but I have no fear. Cause London is drowning, I live by the river. To the imitation zone, forget it brother. Draw another breath London calling And I don't want to shout But while we were talking I saw you nodding out London calling See we ain't got no hide Except for that one With the yellowy eyes The ice is coming The sun's zooming in Engines stuck on it The wheat is going thin A nuclear error But I have no fear Cause London is drowning in checking software usage across the major vendors like SAP, Oracle, IBM, Microsoft and VMware. Are you looking to reduce your software fees? Are you worried about being audited? Are you migrating to the cloud? Do you need help working out your software usage versus entitlements? Contact us at Invictus Partners today before you get hit with a compliance fine. Go to www.invictuspartners.com to arrange a no-obligation discussion to see how we can help you. Station sponsor. McGrath Estate Agents understand that selling your home is one of the most important financial decisions you'll ever make. With award-winning teams in the hills, their service goes above and beyond any other to create great results and lifelong relationships to deliver the best possible result. Brett Humby of McGrath Estate Agents will unlock value in your home you never knew existed. To realise more and experience the McGrath Advantage with Brett Humby, head to mcgrath.com.au or search Brett Humby today. Station sponsor. 
we all know that paying for a funeral can be a financial burden. However, have you ever thought of paying off a prepaid funeral with none of the ongoing premiums that is associated with funeral insurance? $1,000 can get you started. Hills Family Funerals, a family-owned and operated business of 35 years, can make it easier for you. Call 02-9659-0900, ask for Richard Spiteri or speak to one of the friendly staff members to learn how. Get assistance today. Call Hills Family Funerals, station sponsor. Welcome to the studio and let's go talk about resilience. But before I ask Steve something very, very important, which I learned in a, in a break right now, uh, you can't learn resilience. Resilience is an act of courage when you face diversity and obstacles. And trust me, you can't learn the, our resilience and courage in a classroom or going to Zoom and you, after two hours you get a certificate. It is an act of courage when you face some obstacle which looks you can't avoid. You don't know how to solve. So, Steve, it's true privilege. Seriously, I, it's like uh, uh, I don't need to compliment you. You know what I mean? Just just for the sake of the radio or something like this, I truly coming back from the from from my heart. When, peace, when people share with me their stories mm. on air and they say, this is my life, this is what's happened to me, this is how I sorted out. So, Tom, Tom started with his 28 days, which I you know, still don't I think about that horror movie, right? And I'm like, <laughs> just and, uh, but it has a something totally different meaning. But you landed in Sydney on Friday. And you Pris- know, Brisbane. Sorry, Pris- I'll, Brisbane. Sorry, I'll, yeah, I bought you some line. Brisbane, Brisbane, yeah, Brisbane. And then you select your pregnant wife five months. You yeah, to, yeah, select, yeah. Darling, what possibly could go wrong? <laughs> Ruth, yeah. if you listen, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we we, uh, we landed as we say. The visa visa came through Friday 13th of March. Uh, so Valentine's Day 09. And we landed in Brisbane Friday, 13th of March, 09. And as I said, faithful words, it was like, well, you know, trust me, what could go wrong? <laughs> and uh, the company I joined was a small boutique recruitment agency working in mining, engineering, you know, yeah. geotechnical, all the things that were going pear-shaped. And they said, come in about 11 o'clock on the Monday. And I realised why. As I lost my job. First day, first day in the office, I had to close the office. And uh, Ruth was on the <laughs> on the South Bank Beach in Brisbane, <laughs> living the dream. <laughs> You know, and I said to her, just, you know, this is, this is, this is the new life. Everything's going to work out. So let me understand. <laughs> you got the visa on Valentine's Day. 28 days later, you were in Sydney. In uh, sorry, in Brisbane. Sorry, Brisbane again. Brisbane, Brisbane. Yeah. And then you find yourself on Monday, first working day, there is no job for you. Yeah. Pregnant fiancé, five months, yeah. and you like, <laughs> what next day? Yeah, mate. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but <laughs> like, like, we can laugh now. Like, even Tom, Tom, you can laugh as well. You know? I mean, let's go make a fun of the stay. Ah, ah. But, you know, yeah. what was your next step? Mate, I went home, uh, went back to the hotel. Uh, we were staying with the Siebel in Ann Street, I still remember it. And, um, and I, I, yeah, a lot of credit to, to Ruth because yeah. kind of went back and she's like, how was your first day? And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> take the tie off and stuff like that. And, and long story short, yeah. I, I said to her, how about Sydney? And she's cool, <laughs> cool, as, cool as a cucumber. She went, okay. And, uh, mate, we took all that we had, which was four suitcases. And, um, Five o'clock Friday. Four suitcases. Four suitcases, yeah. No job. No job. Rome. And the reason we had four suitcases is, uh, being completely honest, it was pretty skimp back then. Um, still am now, actually, with three kids. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we went via New Zealand because you got an extra suitcase each. True story. So we flew via, we, we flew from London to San Fran, San Fran to Auckland, Auckland to Brisbane because you got an extra suitcase. 
and that was all we had. Um, and yeah, we. Uh, Jesus, such a story. Yeah. Mate, we ended up in we ended up in Sydney on the on the Saturday, and mate, and to be honest, like it, the you know I look back and I'm some um, it it's I look back and again you talk about resilience and things, and it was everyone says, oh, what a fantastic story. I mean, if, if Ruth ever never wanted to take the trip, we wouldn't have been here. Yeah. So, you know, she believed in me to actually make it work. And, you know, we look back now and everything happens for a reason. And, um, you know, even now we, we still live in the Northern Beaches, but at the time on that Saturday, mm. we got a one-day travel ticket to go everywhere. We went east all over the place <laughs> and we got a ferry to Manly. And uh, it was near a, a maternity, a hospital maternity board. And we were settled in Manly and how do you separate you Tom now uh, and then Steve like you know candidate comes to you right you know for the interview for the job interview applies for the job comes to you and they say something between the lines you know it's not possible I can't do it this it's hard it's difficult how do you separate your personal experience you know when somebody comes to you do the job interview so like I'm like my life is nothing all time and then you love you know like four suitcases <laughs> pregnant fiance five months you know the Tom as well so, Tom tell me how do you feel when somebody comes to you and you know for the job interview they want it so badly and then you through some questions you ask them you know try to assess how resilient they are you know how they can deal with the environment because maybe it's a challenging workplace you know I mean mining whatever it is you know space station who cares like they come to you so like it's it's hard and difficult how do you feel so how i vet for that scenario yeah, like, to, uh, yeah. and how do you feel as well because you've gone through some rough time in life here as well eh? yeah so uh, listen we all run our own path i think it's it's to our own detriment when we make comparisons to each other yeah you know well i've done this at this age i've done that at that age and the uk is very guilty for doing that and and i think uh, you know if you're measuring yourself by someone else's ruler uh, then you're missing a trick so whatever someone's going through we respect that it's uh, how they perceive it how it affects them it is is relative to themselves um so and in all fairness when we're doing what we're doing in the recruitment world you know as with any job you leave your personal stuff outside anyway oh, you can't you. carry it there because it's to your own detriment it's self-sabotaging yeah. um and we're, um, we're usually aware enough to leave that there and quite often it's a nice escape from some uh, our own personal baggage and turbulent times we may be yeah. having so steve same question for you when somebody comes to you even as i say out of recruitment and say Oh, my life is difficult. It's it's not possible to do something to achieve something. What would your response to be that person? Let's just say me come to you and say like, look, I need to move into London right now, and um, I but I don't want to move because I don't know nobody there. And speak English as well. You know what I mean? It's cold mm. weather. Um, I know how they're gonna be welcome there. What would you tell me? My, I mean. Can I speak from personal experience? My personal experience, please. Like, personal personal take experience. Take me as an example. Yeah. So Mario Beckers comes to you. So, you, you know, you, you, my, my, my view or my outlook and everything is it's, it's better to try. And if yeah. you actually fail, then at least you gave it a go. I think there's too many people that just don't even want to give it a go. And, yeah. and it, that, that can, but again, I, but on the flip side of that, everyone's different. You know what I mean? I mean, I am a calculated risk taker um, you know and I've done the personality kind of profiles and you know I, I, once I kind of yeah. get my head around just give me high level let's go let's go let's go and if I'm, if I'm locked in I, I want to do it um, hence why I turn up in Australia with no job but uh, <laughs> <laughs> how'd that work out for me um, but mate I, I always think it's better to to kind of try these things and, and give it a go you know don't kind of don't kind of die wondering that's, yeah. that's always been my outlook on life that's very interesting. And uh, second question for you, Tom and uh, Steve. 
you know, we spoke about COVID, you know, the lockdowns and the happy times where we all, all climbed the walls like a Spider-Mans and, you know, everything was just going from bad to worse and, you know, because somehow it becomes very healthy to eat all this, you know, food delivered on the door and the watching screen 24-7. But both of you decided to make it that ahead that what pivot, but, you know, just going to use for the sake of conversation. You both start working on a plants which, you know, you maybe had some in the, in, at the back, you know, some draw at the bottom, and, you know, it was a time to put these plants in the action to actually diversify your business uh, approach to market and, you know, of course, to make money and pay the bills. What was your what was your goal? How did you done this? And what did you done? So, uh, that's a good question, and obviously, Mario, you know me well enough that I had uh, quite a few things lined up on the back burner, um, but one of them was quite timely and has been mentioned twice already, is the 28 Days Later formula, yeah. which actually launches next week. Um, it's not the zombie apocalypse, and it's not 20 days later. Let's turn I'm up to another job. continent just, without a job. <laughs> you think um, Stephen? Um, so in, in, bo- in both of these circumstances, <laughs> a little bit more positive than that. Um, but it's but it, it's quite topical to what we're talking about now because, in its essence, it, it when it was an acorn, it came through my difficult period in the middle of COVID, where personal mm. circumstances were what did could go wrong, did go wrong, um, and I was I was struggling. I was I was quite stretched myself. And I turned to certain Why people. Why did you give up? Eh? Why did you give up on life? Why did you give up on your life? Everything was bad. In all fairness, I think you do your best work when everything's on the line. Um, and when the chips are down, that's really when the, you, you rise up. We all rise up. It's almost survival instincts. Because in I, don't remember you, I don't remember you were crying. I don't remember. You know, I truly, I don't remember. I was in touch with you. I know it was difficult times. It's nobody's business what actually happened, but you have a very challenging times. But why didn't you give up on life? Majority of people gave up to life. That's it. When I mean, you know, so like they hang themselves, they kill themselves, whatever it is, you know, they give up on life, like health-wise, you know, how they look like and about, you know, everything else. You've got a choice. You've got two choices. You either accept things as they are or you, or you decide to change. And the good thing is when you're in a bad situation, change is very appealing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, if you're hitting rock bottom, that's a perfect foundation. I'm yeah. coming out with the cliches today. I quite like that one. Um, it's not cliche. I think it's it's a it's a it's a decent, honest, from bottom of the, your heart conversation, because you can't impress you not on a, on a national TV. You know what I mean? We need to appeal people. You know, by your appearance and you know, golden smile. You know, <laughs> and everything else. This is the you know you have about eleven thousand listeners right now, this very moment, and they are listening now. You, Tom, to you know, not just to inspire and motivate them, but to learn from you. And you mm-hmm. didn't give up on your life, so it's not cliche. Yeah, and, and that's absolutely the case. I didn't, I didn't give up. Um, I got myself targeted on a few other projects, mm-hmm. one of them being 28 Days Later. Um, and and the f- two or three people on that 28 Days list are people that I turn to to help circumnavigate the difficult times, to upskill myself and put myself step by step in a better position. It worked. It's still a work in progress. Yes. Um, but then I realised that the, the, the wealth of people around you you know the people that you know what their skill sets they've been to the table um, and the levers you can pull when you're in that situation um, I wanted to then get this out to other people in a similar situation like you said earlier changing one life at a time yes. um, and then I figured well actually I want to do a bit more now I want to go macro I want to get more of these people together I want to help people in every aspect of life areas of their life that they hadn't thought about until it's presented to them and put it together and that's essentially what 28 Days Later is um, and you know it coincides nicely with the changing of habits you know getting rid of old habits that are not serving you developing new habits that are 
Um, there's a domino effect yeah. analogy we can do. But there's, there's, there's a million one things we can add to this, but that's where it's come from. And I think it's really important to understand where these things come you from. Yeah, what we Because it's this moral compass. You see, like, this is a, I wish the world listened more people like yourself to you, right? You know, instead of this, we turning to the social media and, you know, there's a lot of many false prophets, you know what I mean? Blahs, 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 and, you know, <laughs> copying each other, you know what I mean? Just recycling the same words and so on and so on. But reality is, you're the true heroes. Now, moment of truth. Tom, before we get on next song, which is Sweet Carolina, <laughs> the record request by my friend Steve Todd. <laughs> um, what is a 28 days? It's essentially a personal development course. You'll pick up 28 new life skills. It kicks off next Tuesday. The webinars are recorded and it's followed up by a live Facebook uh, Q&A so you can speak to these experts directly um, every business day for the following 28 days. Well, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. We're just going to take a short break and we're going to dig deep, dig deep into 28 days with the Tom Hitchcock and New Initiative and the Steve Tolan from Company. Recruitment Entrepreneur. Recruitment Entrepreneur. Hi, it's Phil from New Vision Real Estate. Here to talk to you about side tables. Why side tables, you ask? If you cannot fit nice side tables in your home, whether you're always too small for the right table or you can't fit a deluxe bedside table in your room, let alone the king-size bed you want, it's time to upgrade time to upsize. So, if you need someone ethical, knowledgeable and thorough to put in the extra effort to get your property into the best shape, get you top dollar, you need Bill from New Vision Real Estate. Newvisionrealestate.com.au Station sponsor. Are you looking for a home loan? Or refinancing your existing loan? Confused by all the mortgage rigmarole? Not sure where to start? Give Deb a call from Debbie Does Home Loans. With access to over 30 lenders, she can find you the best deal according to your personal situation. Best part is you won't pay a cent for her services. Call Deb on 0449 909 133. The mortgage broker who puts the fun back into finance. DebbieDoesHomeLoans.com.au Station sponsor. Looking for your local sport fix? Don't miss Sunday Sports Roundup every Sunday from 2 till 5 on Alive 90.5. The only place to hear every Wentworthville Magpies home game live. For football fans, Tony Salerno and the call team bring you Blacktown City New South Wales Premier League games plus other local derbies. When the team isn't at the ground, they're interviewing Aussie sporting legends and updating live scores as they happen. Whatever your game, tune in to Sunday Sports Roundup every Sunday from 2. We've got every sports lover covered. Began. I can't begin to know you, but then I know that it's growing strong. Wasn't the spring, the spring became the summer. Would have believed that you'd come along. Touching hand, reaching out, touching me, touching.
nights And it don't seem so lonely We fill it up with only two And when I hurt It runs off my shoulders How can I hurt when I'm holding you? Touching wall Reaching out to see Touching me Touching you Sweet Caroline Your time never seems so good Listeners, you're listening to Lana 2.5, the greatest radio talk show on the planet, Life the Butterfield with Mario. I'd like to say thank you to all listeners to all supporters of this great radio station, Live 90.5. As well, before we rock and roll with my guest Steve Tolan, I just acknowledge somebody, um, one of the, my guests, our well, guest, uh, his name is uh, Martin Nichols. We're going to answer your question in uh, one minute, so stay with us. Welcome back to the studio. You're listening to 90.5 Live the Butterfly with Mario Beckers, the greatest radio talk show on the planet. My English is so perfect that my guests have no complaints whatsoever. However, we have the listener, Martin Nichols, who is very keen to hear, which we covered at the beginning. Again, Steve, what's happened to you in London, Australia? <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Okay, so 14th of February, you got visa, your fiance, five months, five, five months pregnant. Yeah. You 28 days later you are in <laughs> Brisbane yeah. you know San Francisco you know the New Zealand then yeah. the Brisbane yeah. and then you find out on following Monday Steve has no job no job no job so please what's happening yeah so uh, Mr. Nichols nice one for the question so yeah rocked, <laughs> rocked up in uh rocked up in Brisbane you know 30 odd degrees humidity um and yeah no no job on day one and uh and it, we Long story short, yeah, we ended up in Sydney five days later after doing all the planning to move to Queensland. And anyone who knows Sydney prices and things knows that it's a bit more expensive in Sydney. Curious question for both of you. Short one because we have a six minutes yeah. before we had the news. Because news was the greatest thing, you know what I mean? When you wake up in the morning, you hear the news, you just want to shoot yourself in the head. But that's okay. <laughs> Same goes in the news at three o'clock. Eh? But that's a reality. What was your biggest fear coming to Australia? You, Steve, and you, Tom. I know English language is not a problem, but did you have any fears inside yourself when you arrive in Australia? The people not welcome you, it's too warm, you know, they're going to be beaten by the 500 million species, and I mean, <laughs> most of them live in Australia, or it was just simple that you're going to fail. I, I give you an example. When I left my home, uh, 90, sorry, 1986 or 1987, my parents, my father told me, you're going to fail in military school don't come back home. And I was like a 15 years old kid, right? You know what I mean? And I was in the same country. 
and I'm feeling myself like I was thinking of going in another planet, you know what I mean? Not only capital city. Did you have that same feeling that you're going to fail? Nah, no. never. I was, Why uh, is that? Give, 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 give me that. Give me that. Oh, uh, mate. Um, I still remember the, the, the Valentine's Day or nine. We were, we were at home and we were chatting away, driving back from my home in Liverpool to Bristol. Yeah. And I was, it was the greatest sales pitch ever giving it to Ruth telling her yeah. why we should go and how it would work out <laughs> and, uh, and I always remember like just saying look you know you just you have to back me trust me this will kind of work so I mean it was there was almost just no turning back um, so I think when you kind of again you kind of got that that kind of belief and someone else got that belief in you then you you kind of pull through but man, mate, failure wasn't an option quite frankly I'm quite glad you answered first because I was really trying to think what was I scared of and, and I'm going through it now I wasn't scared of that wasn't scared of that wasn't scared of that and I think a lot of it comes down to and it's epitomised by your story of what you had to deal mm. with the moment you arrived is once you've got a collection of these stories and you've done these things before you lived in other countries you've dealt with adversity yeah. then you can back yourself it isn't arrogance it's confidence um, and that's a, I like it you that's see that's a, a coffee see that's it we can say whatever you whatever we want. You know I mean, I just again take myself for example. In November 18, 1988, 1998, my government sent me in Australia. I, the work was ready for me in embassy. The car, the driver, the gun, the badge, you know, everything. All galore. But yet I felt uncomfortable that after 15 days in Australia, I want to go back. I really want to go back. I was afraid. Honestly, I was afraid. Not because of language. You know I mean, I was like, oh, this is too far away from home. And that's what you guys saying, that's the courage, you know? That's the courage, true definition of the courage. Picking up the suitcases, you know what I mean? You pack your life in suitcases and then come in Australia. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Live 90.5, but before we take a break, I just gonna share something with you. Courage is necessary to be the brave, but as well, you need the courage to be coward and that's a reality. I have a two great guests in my studio who doesn't talk, doesn't blurb, I'm great, I'm brave, I'm this and that. They pick up their life in suitcases, come in Australia, start a good life, and most importantly, they are very successful. We take a short break. After the break, about 3 or 3, after the news, we're going to continue to talk to Steve Tolan again from the Entrepreneur Recruitment. Am I correct? Recruit yourself, Entrepreneur. <laughs> I prefer my way. Uh, and Tom Hitchcock from Purple Patch Consulting. Brilliant. You might find me by water Waiting for the trumpet call Oh, you see me like a stranger well, I've been waiting for the storm Singing, amen, amen, Running out of breath, they gon' know my name. Forget about the mud, 
Brush the dirt up off me. Going hard, hit him where it hurts. Kill him softly. Bone stretch. Trying to clear my mind. Even smoke less. Hopelessness. But I'm in this shit. Full fledged. All crackless. Coming for your neck. No strap though. Run it, run it, running this shit. Both legs, bro. Word around town that they coming for my head though. Funny thing about it, they don't know what's in my head though. Skid so. Maniac. Finna go klepto. So hands on. It's gonna hard for me to let go. Let go. My ego. My ego in the steamboat. With a slow leak. Screaming at the world till she crank up. 